everyone we're back welcome to print your games the podcast about what's new and awesome in 3d printing for gamers i'm your host jefferson j thacker also known as parent and i'm joined by kristen sowards also known as seventh mastery oh kristen i have done so much 3d printing stuff mm-hmm. how about you me too i printed off so many 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 magical girls um Herberto and uh, Adam, so uh, Twin Goddess and mm-hmm. Marshawn, I can't say it, uh, but uh, Magical Girl Salt is his game. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I printed off a ton of those for paint workshops and along with some just other standard d d stuff and did uh, a painting workshop this weekend. And it was super, Ooh, super painting fun. Painting workshop. Yeah. Tell me how that went. It did really well. Um, I actually had five... Uh, first time students never painted minis more than just a little bit in their lives. And then I had a probably about mm, twice that many people come through and just kind of pop in and out during the workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally taught them slap chop and I, I have no shame. Yes. Uh, yes. Did you call it slap chop? And everything? I did. I did. And uh, you know what we, we went through and you know, I had, I brought a bunch of black primed minis, but cool barometer check over half of the people already had their own 3d printed mini for their characters with them. <gasps> and I was so stoked that that was like a whole seismic shift in like a game experience for me. Like that people just would walk in and bring that, you know, their custom. One of them was a hero hero, uh click or hero click hero forge here forge uh, prefab. And then two of them were just kind of a, I think one of them was somebody just like the file. And then the other one was actually built. Like it was built from, kit like their friend was a like i would call it probably like a um kid bash right like it was definitely pieced together out of a couple different sets but it looked good and um mm-hmm. yeah so then i also gave them a whole bunch of like yonti and stuff because they wanted to learn and i had everybody i was like okay we have two hours you're gonna do at least two minis during two hours and everybody was like <gasps> you know but <laughs> it was slap chop and so like we were i was done with my demo models in like 35 minutes and then just got to <laughs> kind of go around and, you know, kind of help people out and show them what they were doing. And um, people really want to go hard on the um, dry brushing, uh, especially when they get to the white, they just want to like go I'm like, no, just chill out. But then, you know, you still kind of got to keep the, the color value, right. If you want like a bright PC versus a creepy monster or so, but yeah, it was, was super fun. It was down at a legendarium bookstore in downtown Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, great folks um and i'll probably do it again in a couple months i'm really wanting to host a paint night at my local store too so i'm gonna be bugging you about uh logistics like let's talk about logistics like how how Mm -hmm. do you you just go go like hey game store i want to do a paint Um, night how does this you know i've because i've published uh they kind of known that i've been kind of like lurking around as a we'll we'll say professional semi-professional i don't know D-list professional. Uh, anyway, uh, and they just kept asking about subject matter. And someone said, hey, didn't you also have that print podcast? And I was like, yeah, we do print podcasts. And, you know, that's somebody listened to a couple episodes. And they were like, hey, would you actually come down and, like, do a thing? And I was mm-hmm. like, hell, yeah, we'll do a thing. And, uh, you know, I partnered with Adam and Herberto. And then I also just got some free files from, you know, that anybody could get off my mini factory. Nothing, nothing for sale that wasn't given full blessing for use. And I printed that up. I printed, I want to say it was only four trays, but it ended up being like well over 60 or 70 minis. Uh, <laughs> uh, and just had so many things for people to pick out. Um, and, uh, you know, I tried to get most classes. I also tried to get some unusual combinations like you know, dragon kin artificer type dudes and just things you don't normally see. And then I have, of course, had all the magical girls, which those um, mag- magical girl salt minis would totally work. There's one of them that's one of the best ice wizard mods that I've ever seen, by the way, mod models. Um, but yeah, uh, so the actual logistics of what I did though. Um, mm-hmm. Dollar store was my friend. I went and got uh, the cheapest makeup brushes I could find in, in like, uh, there was a clearance sale at one of them at a, at a like a, CVS or something. And then I went to the dollar store, ended up with about 12 makeup brushes. I tried to get um, three different sizes so that they could do, you know, a dark gray, a light gray, and a white. Um, mm-hmm. Had that all set up. I had one speed paint kit from Arnie Painter. That's all I had. 
I kept all my, you know, personal uh, paints off to the side and just had them, you know, we, we, I went through the demo, I did a lich and I did the ice mage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we covered their, they, it's in a bookstore. You want, you want to get me nervous. I used to work in a bookstore and I was fastidious about getting anything liquid near my books. That would have freaked me out, but these people were super cool. And they just, uh, unfolded trash bags over all their tables and tied it all down and gave us a painting surface. And we used, uh, paper plates as our palettes. Uh, there's a whole paper plate crew, uh, trending over on TikTok. If uh, <laughs> you're, you're bored and want to see some cute mini painting videos, um, Aww. It's not just our workshop that did it, but uh, yeah, um, had the paper plates, had the cheapy dollar store brushes. I hit um, my prints all with just base army painter black, uh, had everybody use, you know, a couple different choices of uh, mid tones and got that white up, did the paint up, and then just kind of showed them how to use speed paints on it. And um, I have to say, like, some of the best looking first miniatures I've ever seen painted because it's just awesome. so easy. I like, uh, it's great. This is a great technique for it too, because slap chop does result in a great looking mini real quick and with like a monochrome of skill involved. Mm-hmm. That like that early success is going to make people want to paint more. Whereas I've seen it the other way around where like you're teaching their first mini and like it looks like that space marine meme that goes around where the eyes on the side of the head and stuff. And they yeah. just get so discouraged and don't want to continue the hobby. And I'm like, no, 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 no brush control and practice this is all stuff that takes time and in, in minis but you can get stuff that looks just fine on the tabletop with with no dedication of skill and stuff like that and i always t- was telling them you know hey yeah you can you can try to do a pupil if you really want to but can you see that from four feet away mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if you can't see it from four feet away like i had uh, one of my overachievers i think her name was sarah she did buttons on the coat oh wow and um uh went that far in first mini ever did copper buttons i was like wow that's that's pretty uh pretty awesome but um people in chat i want to shout out too we got david alex and james welcome to the show if you have any questions for us uh feel free to ask we do know that you all love to ask your questions um someone says you're a little bit quiet by the way oh yeah Okay, I'll fix that. You are a lot less quiet now. I will do. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think there's enough um, things going on in the community to get sad about that we doing things like this. We should embrace the fact that it is an awesome experience to get that first solid mini out there. Actually, in, in this case, everybody had two of them. Even the people who didn't think they could do two. Um, I had one, one guy left a half hour early, uh, but he still got one done. And, um, you know, it, it just, I was so impressed. Um, and, and people who didn't think they could paint a monster, you know, got there and were picking out the scales on the auntie and it's <laughs> like, it was oh, so good. Anyway, what did you do? Awesome. Well, I had a couple of projects that I had, uh, this week. Um, mm-hmm. first project is real simple. Um, I don't have any pictures to show for them, but finally printed up the sister squad, uh, and got that delivered to the younger sibling. Okay. Uh, and we we're having fun with that. When and you say sister squad, do you mean like battle sisters? Yes. Battle sisters. Ah. OPR's battle sisters, actually. Sweet. Uh, to do some uh, grimdark future firefight. So the skirmish nice. scale game. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and like I mentioned last week, my custodies squad is, is tiny. Like the sister squad is like eight models. The, there's the, there's a guard squad. That's like 15 models. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because you know, humans are cheap, cheap. and yep. then there's like my custodian squad, which is literally three of the basic infantry. That's it, that's all I can afford. That's it, that's the whole army. That's okay, I would just have two big bugs on the board, uh, or maybe so, a bunch of demons, mm-hmm. or just three big demons. You have to have, yeah, maybe. That's the you have to have three. Okay. Yeah. Cause you can't spend more than a third of your points on a single model. Can I make them all wizards? Yes, you can. Or psychics, I guess in the future. Because game. you're allowed to have up to three wizards. So okay. yes, all three of them may be wizards. Yes. 
Yes. I mean, mentioned palettes. Uh, this is my favorite palette. Yeah. Is that an index card? What is it? No, oh, no, it's a it, tile. It's a tile. You it, is a, it is literally a white ceramic tile from the hardware store that cost me 50 cents. And I've got fancy palettes. I've got, I do use a wet palette. Um, but, you know, 90% of the time, if I'm just slapping some minis together, I grab this in my best Duncan Rhodes impression. And uh, and also, it's like the easiest thing to clean in the world. I just yeah, yeah, I'm sure. and rub it off. Well, and a quick thing about wet palettes. Wet palettes are great if you're doing blending, if you're doing like a, mm-hmm. a long thing. But it's kind of ridiculous if you're doing slap chop because you're, you're going to be in and out well, of there. Yeah, and also like... Um, Speed paint and contrast paint don't work good on wet palette anyway right. because it messes yeah. up the balance. Balance um, of them. Their medium they... is resin based, uh, not water based, and so what, by introducing water into the equation, you're you're kind of screwing with the screwing with the well, form. As we know, you don't put water on them later either. So that makes <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> uh, which brings me to my other uh, success story, which is. Um, after finishing up the werewolves, I then went around and finished up a couple of models here and there to finish up some squads. And I now have my undead army complete. Please say you have pictures of it because I saw those pictures and it is, it is beautiful. It is a thing to behold folks. Yeah, I am super happy with this one. And so this makes my second 2000 point army that I've painted uh, fully with the first mm-hmm. being my elf army. And I am so happy to have this project. Then this was a lot of work, a whole lot of time. I'm not super into undead. I just like, like I'm not the kind of guy who wants to paint all the skulls and the evilness and stuff, but it's like, I needed a bad guy army because we can't just have all the good guys fighting each other all the time. And also these, un- the, the undead army would be, great fodder for every single game I play, but whether it be Pathfinder or Rangers of Shadow Deep or whatever, I used those zombies in Rangers of Shadow Deep and I used almost sure. all the zombies. Uh, <laughs> so like, you know, a, it's a great army for a role player to have because you're going to want zombies. You're going to want skeletons. You're going to want elite versions of both of those things. You're going to want vampires. You're going to want werewolves. Right. And yeah, I was like, and part of me is like, this is, was a, was a great way to go forward with it and um my favorites of the army uh first the army is almost entirely 3d printed there are two models in the entire army that are not 3d printed uh the first is most obvious which is i'm using games workshops vampire lord on uh, undead dragon okay i was wondering is um and that was only because back then there just weren't a lot of great options available for 3d printing when i bought it which Goodness, is why there i resulted into buying it but boy yeah. yeah today there are so many options i would not have bought this model back if i if i had these options that i have today and i have a question for you when you get a second printed. sorry uh, and the I'm second not- one is just this little wolf that's attached to the the skeleton squad and that's because it was a very last minute addition of 10 points that i needed to round out the the 2000 points and i was like okay i need 10 points somewhere what can i do the necromancer can have a wolf companion so i just went to my shelf of painted miniatures and grabbed my wolf (laughs) grabbed a wolf and threw it in there so this is all hand painted by me Mm -hmm. um and I'm, i'm real proud of it mission accomplished so uh how many companies am i looking at in terms of okay so the zombies are highland miniatures zombies because they have one of the best zombie sets out there because it comes in two packages civilians and soldiers and when you mix those in you have like 14 different poses uh, unique Mm -hmm. models and the command line unit for the front which there are not a lot of zombies that have a command rank so they've got like a town crier with a bell to be your musician like a big executioner zombie to be your sergeant and this zombie crawling on the ground with a flag literally impaling him to the ground to be your flag bearer and it's just nice. such a great set um it's one of my favorite zombie sets um so that's what i'm using there those are from highland miniatures mm-hmm. um the 
werewolves, which are probably mm-hmm. my best painted minis in this in this collection, were from Cast and Play. We've I've talked about those in the past on the show. Right. Um, the skeletons are all from Artisan Guild, from okay. their Citizens of Oldberg line, and just because they look so good, and I um, and. <sighs> Part of me wishes I had just gone with like the most bare bones bony boys with no armor on to do for my basic skeletons because these all have like town guard armor on. Um, but they just look so dang cool. I had to do they it, really but good. it does mean that they took longer to paint because skeletons are like the most quintessential easy army to paint in the world. You just prime white, put earth shade on it, done. Um, and I went with one where I'm doing like OSL and armor and non-metallic metal swords. And it's just like, why did I choose this for a horde unit? Uh, so there are 20 of those uh, with swords and shields from artisan guilds. I love it. That's a completely modular kit too. Just like most yep. of them artisan guild stuff. Um, the necromancer that's leading that skeleton horde is from uh, uh, heresy. Uh, model um and i love it um the bats in the background the giant bats are from the second vampire set from artisan guild okay and i just i didn't print the saddles i just printed them as giant bats because i wanted giant bat beasts uh because it's one of my favorite i just love the idea of big gigantic like you know 20 feet wingspan bats as an enemy that you have that to fight be horrifying yeah uh right in front of them are three more giant bats but of the more just like human sized giant bats uh those are from titan forge okay and those just there to be a screen um just just to get in the way and finally the uh vampire knights the blood knights are from orc king which mm-hmm. is uh, they were the first to get a good blood knight set out back in the day and mm-hmm. so i printed it up um fun fact back then like the scaling was all wonky like the they had like millimeters instead of meters so like they were like literally a hundred times too small so they had to be rescaled and custom supported that was back in the dark days before pre-supported models existed right um, right and so uh so th- that was a lot of custom work to get those put together um and i had fun with those because that was my f- that was the unit that i did 100 percent dry brushing on because i was mm-hmm. learning different painting techniques so i was like i'm going to do an entire unit of vampires using nothing but dry brushing right right uh david's already be- beat me to my punchline here um I just wanted to know what we were looking at because when you take them in the way you've painted them and use that color scheme, especially with that underglow to unify it all, it looks like it all goes. And I think that's amazing because that's what at least five or six companies you knocked off there, not accounting GW and it, it all feels so together and it, it's very impressive. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm glad that I also did get to use so many companies because I like, supporting a lot of the 3d printing world and it's all too easy to just get locked down on a project and like be sitting there waiting for months and months and months for the unit you want or the models you want to get printed by one of the The other half of the army to come out from the one person you're using yeah 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 um and it was, it's, it's, it's super satisfying to have it on the table and I can't wait to, um, I've already done some 1000 point games with the force and mm-hmm. it behaves exactly like I wanted it to. Basically it's an entire bunch of trash <laughs> that just goes forward and bogs down everything. And then the vampires hit and everything dies when the vampires hit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, David's other question here, uh, what's next, uh, 2k future, third future, 3k points. What do you know yet? Or are you just kind of okay, taking so the, the breath of your success and still are we gathering there? Actually, this army actually has about another thousand points in painted models that aren't on the table. <laughs> Aha. Um, so they've already made it to 3000 points, uh, cause the artisan guild vampires on foot 
I painted those up for the army, but uh, I, was about to say, I thought I saw the list. Yeah. Okay. And I have some, like a bunch of hero vampires and w- warlocks and an entire squad of ghouls and a ghoul king. And like, there's some other models that just, didn't that's right. You have because- those ghouls that look like the pathfinder ones with the crazy tongues. Don't you? Yeah. Oh. And so there've been fun. Um, what next is my rat army. Um, oh, that's right. I'm going to be printing a, a rat man, the one page rules rat man so that they're all dashing and valiant and defending the world from the evils of, uh, the, the, the warp demons. And we're going to be having some fun with those. So that is what's next for me on, as evils. far as giant projects, Small projects is I'm going to paint my custodian army, which should take me an afternoon. They just want you to, to understand the depth of their passion. That's, it's not evil. It's just different. <laughs> I was going to say, are you going to use? Are you going to use the clay cyanide mini mice also in your army? Uh, I do not know what I'm going to use um, because uh, those are adorable. They are absolutely crazy adorable, and I'm definitely going to buy them. I don't know if they'll make it into the rat project or not. I've already printed like 60 rats for that project. Um, So two groups of 20 warriors and a whole bunch of support models. And I'm definitely wanting to go uh, very elite heavy in this one uh, because I do not want... Because I know what happens when you go horde heavy with Ratman. And the answer is you end up painting rats for the rest of your life. And you never finish because there are 3,000 of the darn things. Hello, Joseph! They just die, though. (laughs) I mean, yes, it is a great effective strategy to just literally flood the field with rodents, but uh, I want to, like, I really like, I want to get a whole squad of rat ogres on the field, and I want to get, like, a big old bell and all those weird freaking uh, equipment. I want all that stuff on the field. Um, and lots and lots of warlocks and engineers making all the craziness happen. And I, and I am doing a little bit of a horde. Like I said, I've already got 60 rats that are just right. infantry. And now it's, and, and that gets me to almost 400 points. So uh, in that <laughs> clean, nice boy look that the, the OPR mm-hmm. rat people have, do they have rat ogres? Uh, I have to stop talking right now mm-hmm. because I don't know what's been announced mm-hmm. and what's not been announced. <laughs> I see. <laughs> um, disclaimer, I, I work for OPR, so I have to shut up at the moment. Um, though that has been helpful to be able to just get a little bit of a head start of a couple of weeks <laughs> ahead of releases. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um and the tabletop guys here. Hello. So Hello. that's my project. Oh, the other project I've been at. Um, so I told you one of my friends, uh, member of my gaming group, uh, also named Chris, uh, one, it got a 3d printer and it's oh. been getting really into 3d printing now, nice. uh, which is fun, but from a completely different angle. So I got to dive into the non gaming 3d printing because we worked together on a project called a word clock uh do you oh. know what a word clock is mm, no okay so a word clock is where you uh in it's a clock when you look on the wall it doesn't uh it doesn't have numbers it just it literally uh i'm gonna pull one up here this is not the one we 3d printed um uh, because it was all custom design and I don't have permission from him to show it. So I'm not going to throw pictures of it up. Uh, but instead of like the numbers, it literally lights up various letters on a giant grid so that it actually says it is five minutes past 11. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so a raspberry pie was involved and, um, I I mostly served as emotional support and knowledge base on this project. I wanted to be more involved. I even printed and failed. It, it was two print fails, actually, um, mm. for the project, uh, where uh, the faceplate, uh, because I have a Saturn, and it was big enough to get the faceplate, uh, whereas uh, he only has a 
photon so it's like gotcha. a small printer um but they we managed to get it printed on his fdm printer which is an ender 3 pro uh, which is a glorious printer okay um so basically we designed up the cad uh we we designed up the case uh i and the faceplate and punched in all the numbers and um we also uh he did most of the he did all the programming work and so that was all on him uh so like a raspberry pi lives in it and it's all programmed up to light up the right letters at all the right times and the version that uh, he designed also has like it is a holiday it is martin luther king jr day is a lot in all sorts of stuff so it's like twice as wide as the one i'm showing off here from sharper image um and it's great it's wonderful little fun project and it was fun to get involved in the geeky engineering side of 3d printing and so my role on it was like i had to show him how to use blender i had to show him how to consider what needs to be printed and 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 um like how to prep things for the 3d printing and to over and how to take a grid that he designed in photoshop and convert that into a 3d object and then to clean up all the badness that happens when you do that and like it's a like there were versions of this where it was all inside out and broken and troubleshooting and it was just fun it was absolutely fun was it um two different types of like was it resin letters that you put in there or like and ultimately the whole thing ended up being fdm printed in the end okay. um because we couldn't get a successful print of the faceplate because he wanted it like one millimeter thin oh which is not great for resin i mean you can Especially do it warping and stuff but just getting it off the support snapped it twice mm. um and uh, I wanted to print it at like three millimeters or two millimeters. Um, and eventually we would have, but he got a good FDM success uh, on it. And so like, you know, project done, case designed, uh, everything. The fun part was like designing up a bracket on the inside to like hold screws and bolts in place. So if the Raspberry Pi could be mounted inside the case next to the daughter board that controls the display so that the two can connect and talk to each other. And so like, it wasn't just like as simple as design a box. It was a, okay, grab your calipers. These are M2 screws. And so they need to have this much of a bore to buy into an FDM plastic. And uh, it is 82.5 millimeters from this screw to this screw so we need to space out the joining bracket so that it accommodates for this and it's this tall and we need to snake around this capacitor so we have to make a cutout and it was really fun to get really down in the weeds and with this design work I am glad you enjoyed that (laughs) and it was really easy I got to do my Edistrudes and my Estes nails and it was wonderful not my jam but i'm impressed anyway <laughs> i would i would have probably gone and got snacks that would have been my help for that project <laughs> here are your snacks yeah and we got another project we're going to be working on soon uh we are already working on 3d printing vertical windmills like for real electricity to make okay. electricity okay <laughs> yeah you would need some pretty big prints for that. I mean, nothing that won't fit on a, a uh, uh, well, that won't fit on the Neptune. Alex gets it in one. <laughs> Sounds like a certifiable nightmare to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Alex, this is, uh, I really love getting, like, honestly, the reason I like 3D printing is because it was just yet another one of these projects, but I pick up these hobbies and projects left and right and deep dive into them from like leather working to building model rockets. And I don't mean buying a kit. I mean, boring out metal Um, and like all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, While I too am a slave to hyperfixation, I have realistic limits. It's wonderful. Chase the high. (laughs) Embrace it. Uh, It was like that whole two year and a half where we like designed up 
um, uh, hydroponic farms to grow to grow stuff in a basement, and it was like, hey, we've got we're managing to grow about an acre and a half worth of tomatoes in two buckets. You, uh, you might get me there because I do enjoy gardening, so that would be. It's like gardening with tech. Yeah. We're talking about doing our own starters this year. That's as far as we're going so far. But And it's fun to remember that as much as we love gaming with these 3D printers, they are incredibly powerful tools that you can do to make all sorts of crazy things. Um, did I talk on the show about being hired uh, by, by uh, Owen's crew? No. Oh, I'm allowed to talk about this now. Okay. The cookie cutters. Oh, you did mention there were cookie cutters coming for uh, Kaiju thing. Yes, yes, yes. So that's the other thing. Um, I'm, I'm going to be designing up the cookie cutters for Gingerbread Kaiju, a little board game where you uh, bake cookies in gingerbread, but they're monster shaped and you do battle with them and then you eat them. And do you so, eat them when they're defeated or do you eat your opponents? When I am defeated? not sure. They said make a freaking Kaiju cookie cutters and I was like, I'm in. <laughs> you had me at kaiju <laughs> it's going to be wonderful i'm going to have so much fun that's cool is that going to be a kickstarter or do you know what's the situation it's going to be a kickstarter i believe uh in a couple of months so i'll definitely be shouting out to that project as it comes close and uh i'm definitely going to have to do a lot of play testing of, of mm. this of all those cookies yeah 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you get bonuses if they're frosted? It's like armor class increase. Oh, so that's what we've been up to. Have you got anything else you've been up to? Well, I've been slowly meandering towards some sort of sci-fi army, but I'm Ooh. I'm still like because of course I, I can always repurpose chaos stuff for it. But um I think I might do a <clears throat> robots <clears throat> not not I can't believe it's not Necrons, but uh, I love, I can't believe it's not Catrons, <laughs> but there's been a lot of really cool minis coming out for that. So I might, I might play around with that. Um, not going to use the, the chibi Necrons from last. Well, episode? yeah, maybe now that I have them, I, I, I didn't expect that, but mm-hmm. I, I, I am surprised at the chibi explosion uh, because uh, it was like right, right after, after that the episode. episode. Like, I think it was announced in the middle of the episode uh, because I saw some weird uh, comments caught popping up across chat at the end. And I was like, what? Uh, so we, we mentioned that um, Capsule Chibi and uh, Grimdark Cuteness are, was like kind of unique in the space and that they're doing, you know, Chibi gaming stuff. Well, evidently Titan Forge wants in. On this Apparently. chibi cuteness, they're launching an entire campaign um, dedicated just to making chibi gaming characters. Uh, so, like, you know, for anybody who doesn't know what chibi is, it's like the really big heads on the little stubby bodies. Um, the Super Dungeon Explorer is like a game that uses that. Uh, there's also it's called super deformed in in other cultures or sd um is another phrase for it but big old head tiny little body kind of like a pop figure but with more detail right i was about to say it's kind of that the, one face that all the pop figures have the pop figures have you know although that one face kind of makes them cool like makes them work I, you know, David, I might do Tiernids. He said, I would have guessed not Tiernids. I, I do love me some Tiernids as well, but I think and I'll plus, do like, you've Skirmish. Who, you've been collecting those. Mm-hmm. Uh, wild Meshes, you've been to all, you've been geeking about, about Wild Meshes. I can't believe they're not Tiernids. And also, um, we've both been drooling over uh, Puppets Wars, not Tiernids. It's true. It's true. And then, you know, there's the I think it's dominance um, frontier that's going on. Although for some reason they all have um, very suggestive, very female human anatomy elements in their builds, but they look really neat. But I, I'm still a little curious about that. Why they're it there? It does seem. Hmm. I would not be comfortable with that at all, actually. <laughs> but some of them look really neat. Yeah. But yeah. 
And then there's um, probably not the ones you go for, but there are the OPR uh, Alien Hive. Uh, I do like some of those. I like their um, their psychic bug things, their, their mm-hmm. floaters. Those are neat. Um, Gamic has like one of the best. This really meant for Gene Stiller cults more than Tyranids, mm-hmm. but like the the Hive Mind dude that's supposed to be like the one controlling the ty- the uh, the Gene Stiller cult on the planet. I forget what the name of that model is supposed to be, mm-hmm. but uh, Gamic has one that's like, instead of the weird pose uh, that GW gave the character, like it actually is on a throne and it's seething and it's like, yeah, that's that. That is the leader of a resistance movement. Yeah. So Alex says, what not orcs? The orc I'm excited for is not a mini. <laughs> Uh, yes, that does bring us into the conversation. So a couple of episodes ago, we talked about what D&D was trying to do with the OGL. And then a whole bunch of stuff happened. And you probably have heard about it. But to um, to sum it up very quickly, as for first the D&D part, and then why orcs are awesome. Uh <laughs> They do seem to have retreated on many of their points and have very much changed their tune from one, not saying anything at all, which is what they did at first, which Mm -hmm. was weird, to one of the worst press releases we've ever read, uh, which ended in the phrase, uh, uh, they have won and so have we. it's, it, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, yes, but there's a lot of stuff out there. Bad. Go YouTube it. Go Google yeah. it. Uh, it. It's sad making if you're a creator like I am, but at the same point, uh, unless they don't keep OGO 10A, a lot of us are going to be sad, and some of us are going to lose right. business. But but this has resulted in an absolute explosion in the creator sphere. Um, yes. Cobalt Press announced they're going to do their own game. Uh, there was another crew that said that as well. Uh, there's three crews that have announced it. DM Dave. DM Dave. Uh, MCDM is also doing MCDM. one. Um, obviously, Cobalt Pi- Press. Paizo's already there. Uh, Owen Casey Stevens is doing one called Warbrand. Right. Um, and they all share something in common. Literally. Yes. Also, uh, Fantasy Age 2. Second yes. edition's coming out. But I don't think that needs the orc support. No, but it's in there anyway. But it is in there, yes. And, and Fantasy and, Age already is a good game. But. Well, you're talking about the orc, which is... So the the fact that there needs to be this giant open license that everything was um, gathered under and, and allows for like this giant cross-pollination of ideas and support and third-party production. And the reason that the entire RPG gaming sphere has grown as much as it has over the past two decades, um, just because Watsi might kill it doesn't mean we don't need it. And so Paizo and a bunch of companies have teamed up to release the open RPG creative license. It's not out yet. They are working on it. And it is trying to be what the OGL was supposed to be, which is truly open, irrevocable, and they're going to be putting it in the hands of a third-party nonprofit that none of the companies control so that nobody can do these shenanigans again. And fifteen, more than 1,500 publishers have signed on in support of the Orc. You have also signed on in support of the Orc. I have. I am not a publisher, so I didn't sign on in support of the Orc. But I'm cheering it from the sidelines. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what turns out. But, uh, hey, it's going to be a really cool time to explore new games, new concepts, uh, challenge some preconceived stuff play some other genres mm-hmm. uh it, it's gonna be good stuff and and i don't know do we have time to talk about some of our favorites that are out there yeah because i'm, I'm kind of going through this myself right now it's like um uh, this whole thing has kind of put a bad taste in my mouth about because we were about to spin up that castle ravenloft game i talked about it on stream uh-huh. several times oh yeah and we were lit like the game room got cleaned up we're here we're playing some mm-hmm. rangers of shadow deep to warm up and the plan was after we finished up rangers we were going to do a hard pivot right into fifth edition not even fifth edition we were going to be running the 
playtest rules right. uh, to for, do for Castle one. Ravenloft. And, yeah. and I, I have the big, cool Ravenloft coffin and everything ready to go for that. And now I'm kind of like, I don't sure I want to do that with 5th edition right now. Um, not with everything in the air. So I'm, I'm even I'm searching for other game systems. And of course, everybody's going to be like, why not Pathfinder? Especially mm-hmm. for to me. Reason one, I have played Pathfinder for 15 years mm-hmm. non-stop four games a week i love pathfinder there are probably very few people on the planet who loves pathfinder as much as i do i'm a little tired of pathfinder i want to do something different for a little bit um, i want to explore other game systems i will probably come back to pathfinder and we'll run another three-year campaign in it because i do love the system so much but for a little bit I want to try stuff. And there's a whole lot of people in my shoes right now that want to try something else. Now, if you are in the fifth edition crew and you are uh, wanting to play a game that's very close in feel, do check out Pathfinder and Pathfinder 2. <laughs> one of those games might be exactly what you're looking for. But And all the rules else? content is on free stuff, oh, yeah. at least for the time being. Yeah. So, but what else is out there besides the blatantly obvious? Oh, well, um, mm-hmm. we're talking genre. We're staying in fantasy to begin. Let's start. Let's stay. Let's say, hey, I'm 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 wanting to get my my D and D fix. I'm wanting to stay in the fantasy lane first, and then we'll talk about some of our favorites outside of that. Okay. Um, I always, you know. Uh, have heard a lot of good things about Mark Borg. Mm. Um, I have played and enjoyed much, much enjoyment playing Shadows of the Demon Lord. What is Mark Borg? Uh, it's it's another more gritty. Um, that is fantasy. a weird name. It is, it is, but it's 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 got a fantasy engine, but it has sub licenses for sci-fi and cyberpunk and the whole nine. Mm-hmm. I, I it, it is artistically interesting to me i have not got a lot of play experience with it i've just kind of like sat and lurked at some con games so mm-hmm. i i would love if we have a, anybody in chat who wants to talk it up by all means if you know anything about it um obviously there's things like blades in the dark and mm-hmm. that whole family um i'm less a fan of that because it is so niche like about the, the heist yeah, and let's not Let's not super speed through it. So Blades of the Dark is a game about doing heists in a fantasy setting in a city ruled by vampires. And, and it has a, a clock mechanic that people are quite fond of. Yeah. And it does a really good heist mechanic where you get to pre-plan your heist without actually doing the horrible pre-planning that takes yep. up your whole session. That's, that one contribution to gaming is brilliant. Yeah, um, and it has a whole genre set of plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a sci-fi thing and some other stuff there. Um, you were you were talking um, right before we started about Savage Worlds and how. So the- Savage Worlds is a generic system mm-hmm. that is good for all sorts of genres, but it has a very well supported fantasy section. So it has the Fantasy Companion, which is just a second book. First, Savage Worlds is also cheap as crap. It's like the core book is ten dollars. Yeah, they're the they're book. more like a graphic novel format. They're a little bit smaller, which I think yeah, is, they're very small um, and, and easy to travel with. Yeah, it's a very lightweight system that if you're a D and D player, you'll you'll feel fond of because you're purchasing feats and core stats and. Um, a lot of the core gameplay is very similar. Uh, just roll dice equal number. The cool thing about Savage World is when you write down your skills and your stats, you don't actually write down a number. You write down the dice you upgraded to. So you roll like at the weakest end, you're rolling D4s to try to hit your numbers. And at the high end, you're rolling D12s. Um, you're all as a ca- player character, you're considered a wild card. So you're also always rolling a D6 with those. Um, and they can explode. It has an exploding mm-hmm. mechanic, so it's really I hard. have had that happen on a spell, and that was quite fun. Yeah, and it's a great system. Off. And then they recently licensed Pathfinder 1st Edition, 
uh, as and published this whole sub, like gigantic package of uh, how to play a Pathfinder like game, which basically means it's a very D and D like way of playing through Savage Worlds with a humongous amount of support. Um, I love there is a there is a different world in which I hosted a Savage Worlds podcast for fourteen years. As my, I love that system so much. Nice, um, nice, yeah. And uh, another one of my favorite systems, if you're wanting that fantasy buy, is Fantasy Age. Yeah, um, which was based off the Dragon Age game. Uh, where they put that Green Ronin put out first. If you get the Dragon Age giant book, it is glorious and wonderful and a great way to play a fan, a very dark fantasy and game. a world people have a lot of familiarity with already. Yeah. And Fantasy Age kind of marvelifies it a little bit. Like, you get more stunts. You're going to be very Saturday morning cartoon-level fantasy heroes. Um, basically, it has a cool stunt system where when you roll to succeed, you one of the dice is a different color than the other dice you roll. You're always rolling, like, 3d6. And you can spend the 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 six generates what's called the the one that's off color generates what's called stunt points Mm -hmm. and when you you get to spend those to do extra stuff on top of the the normal action that you were taking so like if you're an attack if you were attacking you could spend stunt points to knock them off guard or throw them off balance or trip them and all sorts of fun stuff that you decide on at the moment based on how many stunt points you manage to generate during the action which means that you don't just which prevents what can happen in third edition uh, where you get like the chain fighter build where you bought all these feats to do this one thing very very well but it just means your character literally does the same thing every turn forever yeah, yeah. and the stunt system kind of uh solves that around because you don't always have the stunt points you need and what you've got you basically get a choice of options that you don't control um it's it's almost as good for that as like some card-based rpgs for doing similar kind of things right and uh you know if you're hearing this right now and kind of like why are you all talking about this all of the Patreons I'm involved with, almost to a one, currently have their surveys out and they're um, they're asking, hey, what systems do you want us to support? Because they are now becoming aware that the OGL support might be going away. So it's a great you time. You got a lot of hate for putting that episode out. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's a good time to advocate for the positive and get behind your favorite system with your creators um, and, and maybe get mm-hmm. some, you know, collaboration not to mention a lot of these games do have their own unique bestiaries and things and a lot of the um patreon people are looking for you know news new series to do new armies and stuff to get out there and it's a really exciting time for collaboration and creative inspiration on that front speaking of 4250 uh, even reached out to paizo and cobalt press for permission to do their monsters nice and got it so nice. um, so if you want a f- more free 3D printable RPG minis, the very first one hit, which is a Paizo styled football headed goblin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw um, some chitons too. Um, but I was just going to say, going from that and inspiring into the, the 3D print space, there are genres of games, you know, beyond the fantasy games that I, I think we hopefully mm-hmm. will see more support for. I think we've already seen a little bit of support for Starfinder. Right. Um, uh, I've definitely seen some not skittermanders out there lurking about. Um, and I don't know if I see any more Lamas. I've not seen no more Lamal. Not walrus people get on it, folks. Um, <laughs> Kate, Kate uh, Baker made those and they are beautiful and wonderful things. And she's a beautiful, wonderful person. So, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Also, Call of Cthulhu is a great game that lots of people talk about playing one day. This is your chance. If <laughs> and if the Chaosium version isn't uh, to your liking, um, I, I do like the Chaosium version, but it, it can be a, a bear of a system sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Trail of Cthulhu is a wonderful uh, alternative system to play similar storylines that's based off the Sleuth system, uh, which is uh, a more investigative focus detective style approach to the characters instead of uh, a combat focus yeah uh cypher does really good cthulhu stuff um also uh Uh, all these are orc signers by the way yeah they are are. i don't know (laughs) um uh there's even like weird genre hacks like octoon 
Cthulhu, I think was the Oh, yeah, Octune Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, I'm going to talk about your favorite for a second, because I think you still might be able to find that Humble Bundle for Riffs, because you just love Palladium so much. Uh, hey, you, <laughs> Riffs a game you can play. Yeah. That's a game you can play. I'm just going to point out it also has a Savage World conversion if you want. Sure does. I, Savage Worlds Rift's a game I might even recommend you play. But it has a whole blend, uh, and you can use all your minis from every game for it. So you can have robot spider walkers and glitter boy and jet knights fighting next to dragons. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that, that original system, it is a labor of love to play. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, like, there's hundreds of RPGs out in the world. Um, Burning Wheel, if you want some Game of Thrones style political oh, sure, awesomeness, sure. is a great system. I'm, I'm, I do not know how many systems I could, I could rattle off here, honestly. Well, I'm gonna harp about my favorite thing to harp about in the STL space. What's for, this for gaming? I still don't have enough superhero minis. Yeah. Uh, there's not a ton of superhero minis out in the world. I'm always going and getting stuff from uh, cyberpunk sets because it's the closest thing there is, and it's not good enough. I, I want, I want capes and eye beams and power effects. You know, I don't want the whole thing. I think a, a flying guy shooting eye rays that the eye rays blowing up something are actually his base. That would be so neat. Mm-hmm. It could be done. I uh, believe in you. Cross, Marvel Pro- Crisis Protocols done some really creative things with the bases. Um, like yeah, Magneto floating in midair because of all the crap he's floating with is is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, David Wickham's talks about Traveler. Traveler's a great game, and you've and also has official STL support. Hey, do you know uh, a? a uh, Another company that just launched official STL support for their RPG? Who's that? Ulysses Spiel. Uh, if you don't know who Ulysses Spiel is, they are a RPG company out of Germany that publishes a lot of Europe's best uh, games, uh, mm. the most popular games out of Europe. Uh, the most popular is probably The Dark Eye, which is like one of the oldest and most well-established fantasy RPGs that exists because of, you know, the cold war. And it was very difficult to import things from America, like dungeons and dragons, but RPGs are fun. So the dark eye exists and got popular and is a fun game system to run. It's almost um, looked interesting. Yeah. Right now they are doing Torg eternity, which is a, uh, kind of sci fantasy hack kind of uh, game system they're doing a a um i love torque a tribe for this uh, for only five bucks a month with a great starter pack uh and a lot of great models uh, i'm gonna pull them up here in a second here we go while you're pulling them up uh c c27 lord nova said c27 makes great superhero model minis they Ooh, do well, they're one out. of the few that do and i but i totally agree they're great so like we've got very shadow runny, like future fantasy. You didn't tell characters. me this tribe was going to be Torg specific. <gasps> yes. You play Torg? I have played Torg. And more importantly, uh, Ron Lindine, who is an amazing person and a and cool creator, is obsessed with it. And I think wrote some of that newer stuff. And it hearing Ron talk about Torg makes me want to play it so bad every time you talk about it. And I've only played it a couple times. Awesome. And so they have asked to come on the show. We're still arranging that too. So hopefully we'll get a chance to interview them. Um, They will have a, that will be an episode not to miss because uh, getting good interviews from Ulysses Spiel in English is rare and few and far between. It is a massive, important part of the RPG history that they're responsible for. They're also Germany's publisher for Pathfinder and Savage Worlds, two of the games we've just harped on how much we love. Um, and so, hey, this is going to be awesome. Plus, it's a major player joining the 3d printing side of things and actually putting stls out in the market and honestly this is a great i do want more game companies to look at this because 
getting your entire unique bespoke miniature line manufactured in China and shipped over here, or even buying a seal cast machine and, and, and getting it printed that way is a big investment. Whereas hiring a few artists to put together an STL line for your bespoke game and releasing that out into the wild and maybe even doing some only game runs or getting a print farm together to, to print like bes like small print run batches is much easier. And when a RPG has model support, it is much more likely that people will adopt it because I cannot tell you how hard it is to like, I want to play this cool game. I want to play, um, oh, hold on, Lady Blackbird, but I don't have minis for those characters or the ship or whatever. And I would have to custom scratch all this stuff or just substitute, uh, or just substitute in models from my fantasy range. And it just doesn't fit the aesthetic. Whereas, you know, if I was playing Torg, I just suddenly got a whole wealth of models for five bucks that is going to make it much more likely that I will use them. I remember when I was a Pathfinder Starfinder player and those very first Reaper minis that came out that were like the official minis, I gobbled that crap up right away mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah. aha, I'm finally getting to rep my game. I'm finally, things are looking on my table like they're supposed to look and not just how Wizards of the Coast decided they looked when I. I got these pre-painted plastics uh, right. from a different company. Absolutely. I, I am hyped. I, now that you know it's Torque, I'm even more excited. I was excited before. But. <laughs> yeah. So this launched very recently. They contacted us, so we haven't had much time to dig into it. But hey, hopefully we'll have them on the show very soon. Oh, gosh. Um, speaking of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Big news. Uh, Photos Mint, uh, which is a statue and bust sculptor that's very popular in the 3D printing world, mm -hmm. has announced that they are making all of their fan art free. They're putting all their fan out, out for free to download, whereas before, a lot of the stuff was locked behind a Patreon paywall. Um which means suddenly there is a gigantic library of awesome superhero and movies and video game inspired stuff that is out there uh, to check out. So do go check out their, their free library. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Um, they are still producing original art pieces on Patreon and also please, you know, please consider supporting them on Patreon if you like what they make because artists need to eat in order to continue to make art. Um, but it's very clear here that the stuff that they're making free are their fan art and fan art and 3d printing. This is a interesting cross section and probably worth its own episode. If I'm being honest with it, um, where indeed creating something and sculpt in 3d sculpting used to be, you know, you would go to art station, you would look, Oh, somebody made a 3d version of my favorite character. Right. Ain't that cool. And it just, it's just like somebody drew it in oil or oil painted it. And, and fan art was fan art. Now fan art and where fan art begins with 3D printing and product begins. <laughs> blur, that line is very blurry at the yeah. moment. And yeah. I can understand that that's going to be uh, some interesting stuff in the future. And so where the industry seems to be trying to draw the line is and where the line is is what we're seeing here with photos Mint, where the fan art stuff is free not charging for the stuff and if you go to cults and you can get warhammer fan art minis mm -hmm. that are free and that seems to be the line that 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 is being supported um whereas the second you start charging for it add some fan art in it <laughs> huh my paint workshop might add some fan art options. Yes. And the second you start charging money for it, um, the fan art tag might still apply, but that's when mm. the grumpiness comes in. I know like Marvel comics famously had their $1 license that you could get to do fan art officially mm -hmm. uh, and sell it at conventions. Uh, if you were an illustrator, um, I, GW does not have that license. <laughs> no, no, they do. <laughs> um, so, 
it's an interesting thing. So I'm glad that we're seeing these are these statues are more amazing than any product that has been available for these lines. Photos Mint is incredible. Their God of War stuff is amazing in particular. Uh, I do love that. They've done um, just about every superhero you can think of. And the world is a better place that they're in it and that they're making this art and that it exists. And where it's available as free fan art that you can 3D print, I think that that's really great. And I do not want to see what happens in a potential future where this is no longer possible um, because of that line gets too blurred. So I do applaud the effort here to try to put that line in the sand, at least tangibly corporation enforce their license to make more money. It's like a, it's like a story we keep hearing. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, uh, really quick. Uh, I, I know I've been talking about it, but I don't want people to miss out on early bird stuff. So Whispering Woods from Monolith Arts starts this week. There's free stuff and early bird pricing and uh, also the fantastic portals thing there. That's from um, same people who do print your monsters and fantastic plants and rocks. Uh, but yes, there's freebies and, and good discounting prices if you jump on now. <laughs> And if you want to find more of our wonderful content, you can do so over at printyourgames.com where you'll find links to all the stuffs, including how to reach out to us. If you want, you can also find us on Spotify and iTunes. And to help the show out, the best way you can is to give us a good review on those platforms. If you're watching us on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. It helps the algorithm help us reach more people. And the more fans out there printing stuff and participating in games, the better better until next time i'm jefferson j thacker also known as param i'm Kristen sowards also known as seventh mastery and don't forget to use your screen protector